Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning, and we're happy to have joining us again, consultant and publisher of The Dispatcher, Michael Senna from Sweden. Great to see you, Michael. Pleasure to be here again. Hello, friends. Uh, love Hello, having Alan. you, Michael. Love having Thank you. Well, the October <clears throat> issue of The Dispatcher has arrived, and the theme is, what is a car company? Give us the overview, Michael. The, uh, the lead article and, and uh, the end article, musings, kind of are, a, are a pair. Um, I was taken by a, a um, notice that uh, Magna was interested in purchasing Vianeer. And uh, Vianeer has been part of, of uh, AutoLeave. It's been a, a lead company in the, in the Swedish industry, automotive industry, in terms of uh, advanced driver assistance systems. And here is a, a company that is a tier one supplier to the automotive industry and the premier, or the, the, the largest producer of vehicles for the car industry. And there's lots, not many people know that many of the cars that, that they're driving have been actually manufactured by Magna and a few other companies as well. Um, and this, this struck me as being, being a, a very important sign that a new step was being taken by a company that was going to perhaps eventually become a full-fledged car company on its own. Um, in the past, I've, I've had uh, some, we've, we've had some discussions about whether or not um, car dealers could begin to produce their own cars and sell their own cars and sort of bypassing the, the car industry because they're so large and because they have the, the possibility of doing this as a, as a, result of many of the car companies looking to sell directly to, uh, to, to consumers. So th this struck me as being an important issue. So the first, the first article addresses the, this issue is what, what will it take for other companies to, to come into the car industry? And also at the same time, how the many new companies have developed almost from, from the ether uh, and, and a lot of them from China um, and are beginning to sell cars without any brand recognition into the European, into the, uh, as, as well as into the US markets. And then the, the end of that article is how should the car companies, how should the industry look at this and decide where they're going to be playing when Apple chooses a Magna or, or a Foxconn to develop the car that they begin to sell alongside the, the uh, Range Rovers and the Teslas and the, and the other cars. The Musings article is, is really a, a sort of a, a parallel to a review of the, of the book that, written by Tim, uh, Tim Higgins on, uh, on Tesla. Um, 
it, it, it is really a very, very good book to read. I recommend it, reading it to, to everyone, every, anyone who's in the car industry, because it, it provides a, a, I could say an inside look, even though Elon Musk was not, didn't allow himself to be interviewed for the, uh, for it. And he, he's, he, he, he sort of disses it by saying that most of it is, is really not, most of it is really not true. Um, but you don't know what, what that actually means because that, that, that must mean that some of it is, uh, and it looks to me like a lot of it is, uh, because he's, it's he's like got, full it, self-driving. It's yeah, not, exactly. yeah, this may be full, uh, toss, uh, full Tesla, uh, yet, it don't, yet he wants to call it only park Tesla. <laughs> so this, this last, the, the Musings article is, you know, whether, whether Tesla really is a car company uh, or whether it's a, a, a money-making company that will allow him to do what he wants, really wants to do, which is to go to Mars. And uh, I, I think that, that Tim Higgins has done a very good job of bringing out the, the, the most salient features of how this company evolved and what the company is and what the company is doing and how, it, how it's working inside of the, of, uh, of the car industry. Um, so I think um, that's that's a more cerebral look at the, at the at the car industry, but it's one that I that I think is is founded very much in the in the facts that that uh, Tim Higgins brings out in his book. So you 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 say that in the Dispatcher that it's only a matter of time before Apple and other brands put their names on cars. Yep. But yep. Apple doesn't really need to do a whole lot other than hire a company like Magna. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's no reason. There's no reason for Apple to do anything else. And what they what they offer, what they bring to the to the party, is their their operating system, their their um, um, their their ecosystem for for information. Uh, but primarily, they bring their name. You know, they name. they yeah they produced a produced a um, a watch. But so did Gant, you know, so did, uh, you know, Hilfiger and anybody and their grandmother can, can now be a, be a watchmaker. And not, just with, not just Patek Philippe, not just Patek Philippe. Uh, not even, not <laughs> even just, just uh, Timex, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Whoa. Everybody can be. Or my Patek Philippe knockoff from China. I mean, exactly. oh no. Yeah. yeah. So it, we have it. If, if, a, if a company like the companies that are are getting enormous amounts of money from the from the stock market, Lucid and you know, Zia and all of these other companies. They they weren't car companies. They're not really car companies now. But they've done whatever they need to do to get to garner interest in them. And now they're producing a car, and then you know eventually they'll be able to produce cars, which will be made by Geely in China, or they'll be made by Magna, or they'll be made by several other companies. Um, by Foxcom, the Foxcoms, the Foxcoms of the uh, of the yeah, auto industry. I'd, I'd rather call them the, the Magnus of the industry because okay, Foxcom you know, has that, got that, you know, absolutely yeah. You know, yeah. Foxcom, Foxcom is, is has done a great job of building, being the manufacturer for for Apple, and it's and it certainly has done a great job for Apple. But when it comes to building 
building cars, it's moved to Geely. The, the thing is, I, th- I found interesting, I saw a notice yesterday that, that Geely is now going into the telephone manufacturing business. It's going to compete with, with uh, Samsung and, and Apple. It's, it's decided that if, you know, if they can build cars for, for Foxconn, they can also build, car, they can build telephones for, for other companies. So it's, it's like if I've got a manufacturing base, then I can use that manufacturing base for anything. I don't happen to believe that that's the case. And that's, that's really what I'm saying in the article. The, the second the article, a, a, you know, Tesla does not have a sense of cars. Tesla has produced a car. It's an electric car. But they don't have a sense for what it is to be a car manufacturer, which, which has to do with how they sell cars and how they, ma- how they maintain cars and you know, how they just treat the whole idea of being in the car business. If somebody has an accident in a, in a GM, uh, you know, everybody is, is wringing their hands and saying, uh, we, you know, we're going to do something about this. But, you know, all of these accidents have occurred with Teslas. and, and uh, Crashes, Tesla crashes. They're not accidents. They're crashes. Okay. Crashes. Go ahead. Yes. Crashes. Yeah. No, I, I, big, yeah. Crashes. They are yeah. crashes. Okay. Crashes. And in fact, whether or not the crash is caused by autopilot or full self-driving or the driver, I mean, they're crashes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, Michael, Michael, yeah. what does all this mean for the traditional automakers that have, you know, for the last hundred years or so been top of mind? Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, Bill, if you're listening, Mary, if you're listening, you know, I don't want, to, I want to hurt your feelings, but you're, you're, you're becoming in, in a lot of ways, these car companies, the car companies that, that have been there for so many years are making themselves irrelevant. It's not that they're becoming irrelevant. They're making themselves irrelevant by not, by not leading this charge. You know, they didn't take Tesla seriously and, you know, who did? Um, yeah, well, I guess there were some people who, who said, okay, I'm going to invest money in this. And Elon Musk was one of them. I mean, he, he put his 13 million in there and then, then he became king of the hill. Um, but the car companies really are going to have to do some soul searching here. And this is at the end of the article, I've said, you know, you've got to look at these six things. Where are you going to be? Are you going to be a manufacturer? Or are you going to, are you going to try to continue to sell cars? If you're going to try to continue to sell cars, how are you going to be working with your dealers, dealer network? How are you going to be working with your, with a maintenance network? I mean, the whole, the whole industry has changed so dramatically over the last 20 years Pretty much starting with the end of the the, the end of the dot com era. And I'd and, like and, to add to that yeah. how are you going to deal with the liability network? Because all of a sudden, if you put all this automation into the vehicle, then you become responsible. I mean, you you almost have to accept the responsibility. I mean, heaven forbid you sell me something that says I don't have to be in it. I can just send it out there. And the intelligence you put the darn th- in that darn thing is going to do it. Guess what? I no longer buy the insurance. I, could, I mean, I'm not the one that's responsible. You, you end up having to be the responsible entities. How the heck does that all play out in this whole darn thing? Well, you can look at, you can look at what, what Tesla is doing and basically it's saying we don't we're going to sell you insurance and we're going to make money selling insurance that's going to no, that's going to be part of the price and instead of saying gosh um 
you know, we, we do have a liability here. Maybe we should be more careful about labeling our products with autopilot and full self-driving. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to continue to do this. And we're going to continue to push that button as hard as we can because we think it helps to sell our cars. Right. They, they, right. You're exactly yeah. right. They think they can make yeah. more money by pushing that button than making the vehicle really not crash for yeah. which then they would save all the money that I pay them in, in insurance and bank all that as opposed to having to having to pay that out to fix things. So in a sense, you know, I'm sure they must be doing the calculation someplace. And they're saying, oh, my goodness, right now, it's better to overhype it. I make more money selling more cars. But at some point, hey, at some point, they've got to say, my goodness, it really does work. And all the money that I pay in insurance, guess what? They don't, <laughs> loss ratio is zero. Yeah. Losses. Yeah. Hey, instead of uh, car, uh, insurance companies say losses are greater than 100, I don't know. I never believe them because every insurance agent I ever saw, man, they have nice load to do. They go to nice lunches and so on. I mean, you know, losses in 100. I mean, it's, yeah, whatever. Never mind. Well, Michael, <laughs> it's, an, it's an interesting thing what Tesla is doing now in in granting people permission based on how they drive to turn on this new beta of the full self-driving. So they're taking a look at the behavior of drivers before they say, okay, you can have this. Yeah. I mean, can you really think about that? So I'm now getting in my car and I turn the car on and I start driving and I've given Tesla, even though they've already had it, you know, and, and they've sort of wink, wink, we're not, we're not going to really tell you this, but we're looking at you the whole time. And now they're saying, we're, we are actually going to, to look at you because we've already been looking at you. We know how you drive. And then we're going to grade you. You know, it's, this, is, this is like the ultimate reality TV show. You know, are you kidding me? Am I gonna, Wait, you're going to grade me and, and you're going to tell me, you've sold me this car. The car should be doing everything it should, it's supposed to be doing. And now you're going to tell me that I'm not a good enough driver to drive your car. And, you know, and, come on. But he gets wait, away with it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, I deal with this every day. You know, I go into yeah. the classroom and whatever and whatever. And then I try to grade the students. And guess what they do? Oh, they give you all kinds of great things to force you to grade inflation. Oh, I got to have an A plus. Otherwise, Goldman Sachs won't hire me or something like that and whatever and whatever. And of course, I'm a, I'm a good student. I mean, I'm in Princeton. I must be a good student. I deserve an A plus plus. I mean, I, I am mm. the best driver in the world, Michael. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn it. Mm. Elon. I, I mean, come on. You can't, you can't give me a C. I, I mean, I deserve, I, I deserve at least, at least an A. <laughs> I'm yeah. just you a mad. Oh, uh, I, I, whatever. <laughs> no, well, I, interesting I, thing. I forwarded yeah. to you, Alan. We were talking about the car makers and 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 what they're doing or, or not doing. We got a press release from Honda today, talking about its future, and they're talking about uh, vertical takeoff and landing electric uh, vehicles. Uh, they're talking about robots. And they're talking about going into space, building rockets that, believe it or not, could could uh, be reused. 
That's what <laughs> Honda is saying now. Well, I mean, I guess that's what they're saying. Why not? I mean, I guess it's everything about stock price. The market's been crashing. What do you got to do? You got to, I guess you have to worry about that. It's all a bunch of hype. I mean, look at what Elon did in AI day. He, he, I mean, I think he, he put out some real substance of what they were doing to actually maybe get to a point where he can do what he's trying to do. And then he brings out a humanoid. I mean, look, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, I, I I don't want a humanoid in here, you know, doing even if I can tell it to shine my shoes. You don't want a humanoid driving your car? Well, maybe <laughs> sure, but I don't want to. I don't want to see it. I mean, it's some little computer in the back that just has his muscles. I don't need something that looks like. I mean, where they gonna dress it up in a nice suit and tie? I mean, the the, the orange and yeah. black. I mean, get out of here. I don't know. I'm I'm not a humanoid fan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll be back with more, but first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, there's a white paper you should check out. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. You'll find it under the Insights and News tab. Some great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. You may know that ETFs can be a good way to spread risk with investments, maybe focus on a particular category of stocks. The website, once again, is MOTOETF.com. We're back with more of Smart Driving Cars and our guest, Michael Senna, publisher of The Dispatcher. Another headline from the latest issue, finally, a U.S. mandatory alcohol lock law. This was part of the trillion-dollar infrastructure bill that the Senate passed in August, uh, bouncing around maybe a vote real soon in the House. But this, once passed, will will take a while to implement. Give us your thoughts, Michael. It's uh, it's something that, from from my standpoint, it's something that's that obviously has been um, needed and has been possible for many years. There's no reason that we haven't had these. So that's that if someone is has uh, taken alcohol or hopefully at some point in, t- in, in time, it will also apply to drugs um, that they shouldn't be able to drive, start the car. They shouldn't be able to drive the car. They shouldn't be able to start the car. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's something that's been a long time coming. It's one of, one of the, one of the, the major causes for accidents and, and uh, crashes and deaths. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that that should have been done a long time ago, but it's a great thing that's being that it's being done now, and and hopefully it'll be implemented soon. The technology is there. There's no reason why we should shouldn't be applying it. I mean, if I get in a taxi today anywhere in in um, in Sweden, I can see very clearly. Actually, not every taxi, um, but the the regulated taxis, the company, the the the, the authorized taxis. There's a there's a little sign saying that you know that before I could start the car I had to take an alcohol test and then during the during the course of the driving if it's a long drive like from going from our house to the to the airport the driver at least once during that hour and twenty minutes he's he has to take a um, uh, a test to ensure that it's still him who's driving the car and you know he passes it so it's a great thing and it should yeah. be everywhere. And, and uh, you know, guess what? Elon has an opportunity to lead here. 
you know, if he's if he's um, uh, overlooking my driving capabilities, mm-hmm. he knows whether or not I'm a good driver or not. And he knows, I mean, he knows whether or not I'm drunk because of the way the car is behaving. Why doesn't he then not just not give me access to full self-driving, but pull the whole damn thing over and call 911 and whatever and do the other things? Come on, you have the opportunity. Be responsible here. You have the opportunity to lead. You you can over-the-air update this instantly. Okay, now, is that going to make you a hero or not? If he really thinks that he's going to be able to grade me in my driving, and if I'm not a good driver, put me in the corner with a dunce cap on and say, you don't have full self-driving, okay? Then, you know, he can do this too. And I think one of his other tweets lately has been that, you know, he can't, he, he's, un, he's unhappy about some of his customers misusing his product that he, he, he doesn't, he, he's, he's disappointed. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have control over them. He said something Exercise. like, they they, they're not listening to me or something. They're not like listening that. to me. Exercise the control. You don't have to get them to listen. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if they clip that, if they clip the wires, you know they clip the wires. Therefore, you can inform the people, the police, this license plate, that vehicle, clip the wires. Do what you need to do. That would be a responsible thing for him to do. Why not lead? He has the opportunity. He always some, well, he, he, he's not a hero to some who clip the wires who just want to drive drunk. Does, should he care about them? The hell with them. Sorry. Never. I don't know. Whatever. Michael, you had an interesting <laughs> smile on your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the Musings article says um, what I, I've compared Elon Musk to two characters, Hank Regan, Hank um, Regan and, and um, John Galt in Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. And he hasn't, he hasn't been able to put these two characters into one character. You know, he's, 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 uh, he's a, multi, a multifaceted character in a, in a, in a play that, that he's trying to direct. Um, I don't think that that someone who is one of these characters in an Anne Rand story is going to sit there drinking his his scotch and smoking whatever he smokes and cutting wires for people who look like they might not be be able to control the car. I mean, I think this is this is a dissonance here. Putting putting Tesla in that position is something that I certainly wouldn't I wouldn't do, and I wouldn't put myself in that position of being judged by by someone by a company that that has led in that way. So um, I understand what you're saying, but if it were GM or if it would, were Bill Ford or if it were you know another company that has has someone Tolkien Samuelson from from Volvo. But I don't think it's something that we can put into the hands of of, um, of Tesla. But uh, they have the full, they have the capability of doing. They have it. the Absolutely. capability. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Bill Bill Ford doesn't, because he hasn't put put over the air updating in his cars yet. He's not going to build, I guess, uh, batteries someplace. No, no we're and talking so about two. On. No, wait a minute. We're talking about two different things here. Over the air updating 
is one thing, but having the having the car as Tesla does, having that car connected to your system where you're monitoring that car 100% of the time because you've provided the connectivity it has nothing to do with over-the-air updating. It has to do with, with connectivity of that car. They're monitoring you the whole time. Yeah. You, they don't update you without, without you saying, yeah, I'm going to update me and, and you know, give me that and I'll pay for some, whatever I have to pay. So there's two very different things here. Just I want to make that. Yeah, they, they are point. different, but they, yeah. they require the connect. Of course, the connectivity is required to be able to do that. But the mechanisms and to, to be a, the, 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 the uh, infrastructure, I guess, to be able to do that are, are together. You, you have to be thinking about those things together, right? Or, yeah, but, but most car companies, remember, remember when OnStar got, got, uh, got a slap on the wrist because they, were, they, they still had their cars connected, even though people had turned it off and said, we don't want OnStar, we're not going to pay for it anymore, and the, and, but the data kept flowing, and they are mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, but you know, they, they all can do that. They don't do it because they understand that that's not that's not fair. That's not the way things should be working. Tesla shouldn't be connecting their cars and having all of the data pouring into them the way they do, because I haven't given them, I haven't necessarily given them my, my, my okay for them to be able to do that. I haven't said, you know, check, 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 check all of this. You, oh, you're, you're looking, you're actually looking at me hundred percent of the time. You know exactly what happened when that, when, when I came to that fork in the road in, in Yellowstone, you <laughs> knew exactly what, 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 what self-driving was and didn't and didn't do. You know, that's also in this, the, the, the dispatcher for, you know, Tesla comes to a fork in the road and they fail. The car goes right into a, a boulder sitting in the fork. And it wasn't the first time it happened either. It's, you know, half a dozen Teslas have done exactly the same thing in exactly the same place. And like I said, you know, why doesn't somebody from Tesla go over there and move, move the boulder, you know, <laughs> well, or they put, know. Up a, they... put up a sign down the road and say, you know, turn off, turn off full self-driving because it doesn't work here. Well, guess yeah. what they could also do? They know where you are at that instant of time, send you a message and say, hey, yo, you know, yeah. and yell at you. I mean, they, yeah. but, but they... I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think I think they they, they have the, the 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 biology and so on to be able to do that to take that now sure you know that's a different uh, proposition with respect to to me and in, in a sense and how they have to deal with me but if you look at at the whole business as if you're going to do my driving okay you better have it for me you better have an arrangement with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if that arrangement, I mean, that arrangement, when I, even in my Mercedes, when I turn on Distronic Plus and, you know, for seven seconds, take my hands off the wheel. I mean, I, I've made, a, I've made a, 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 a contract with the car saying, hey, do it for me. And, and, and I believe you. And, and basically, now you're in control and you tell me how to be vague. And then the thing mm -hmm. goes up, beeps in seven seconds. I have to grab it, things like that, and so on and so forth. So I, I, it's, it's, I think it's a different business proposition that you do with the individual when you're, when, when you're instead of where the auto industry has been since, since the beginning, it's been, we're going to sell you something in, the, in, this, in the showroom and then it's yours to do with however you want to do with it. 
Okay. We're out of it. You take it, you do it, you drive it, you maintain it, you insure it, you protect it, you, you, you garage it. It, It's a DIY do it yourself. It's all a do it yourself model. If all of a sudden it's going to be a a model in which, Hey, I'm going to do it for you. That's a different relationship. That's a completely different relationship. And, and so, you know, maybe some privacy aspects then go out the window, okay? Then you're not allowed to go clip the wires. You're not allowed to drop a, a, a you know, a, a bore out the, 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 the pistons and make it from a 350 horsepower to an 800 horsepower fuel injected, da, da, do, mm. new fan belt, greaser car (laughs) i you know i guess i always thought about doing one i never did do one (laughs) alan the uh fifth annual princeton smart driving car summit uh now set for mid-november you've got the dates firm starts on the evening of the 18th in person covid permitting and uh, let's talk a little bit about what the what the uh, focus is on here and, and what's going to be accomplished. Well, you know, we've been this is the fifth one. So I guess we're five years into this phase of actually trying to do something that takes all this technology and actually begins to get some societal benefits out of it, as opposed to, hey, mom, look, I can no hands. I mean, you know, instead of a instead of a carnival act, uh, which, which it's really been up to this point. And, and, and I, think the, I think we have an extremely serious focus on this, and that's why we call it the deployment of equitable, affordable, high-quality, safe mobility throughout New Jersey. Okay? So we've been, we've been gearing ourselves up to do this to take this, to take all these gizmos, to take all this advancements, to take all these, the, the, what, 100 billion or whatever the heck has been spent so far on this and, and, and not, just, not just have it as a, as a carnival act, but have it as a something that does what? Improves the quality of life of people. And why do we think that this thing improves the quality of life of people is because because that's what mobility is all about. You know, the, the, the fundamental benefit of mobility is, is you decide to be someplace else at this particular time. Why? Because you've decided individually, each and every person's decided in their own brains with their own view, hey, I'm better off there than some other place. They've ranked order in their brains every place that they could be at that particular point in time. And beam, the reason you went there is because you felt that that's where you would get the most benefit. That's why you travel. Otherwise, you'd stay at home. You know, we're all rational beings for our own rationalities with what goes on up here. And the only reason why I guess I'm at home here is because I felt this morning that the best place for me to do the podcast was here, not in my office, not, not in Newark, not in Dubai, not in Shanghai, here. And if I did go to my office, I would have decided that's the best place for me to do, 
to be able to go to my office, I need mobility. Some of us happen to have a whole heck of a lot of mobility. Thank God, whatever, whether we deserve it or not, who knows, but, you know, we've wrapped it around ourselves. And it turns out that a lot of people don't have all the things that we have. And I guess it's gotten into my mind, I think your mind, I think in Michael's mind, that in fact, guess what? All these gizmos and all these LIDARs and all these high-definition maps and all this whatever and da-da-da-da-da could actually be brought together into a computer that, you know, if you take Moore's Law, its long-run costs is what? Zero. It's free. And the software, after you develop, wrap it around, you know, a lot of uses, it's free, certainly free to copy. And all of a sudden, you might be able to take what is, why is the car so successful? It's because the driver is perceived to be free. I do it myself. It's a do-it-yourself thing. I maintain it. When I perceive it, holy mackerel, the whole thing's free. If I have to go have somebody else do it, they send me a bill. I have to pay for the driver. I have to pay for all that. It's in my face. Oh, my goodness. I have to reach into my pocket. My pocket may not be deep enough to be able to pay for it. So just because I wanted to go visit a friend who's in the hospital, you know, to be nice to them, I don't have anything in my pocket to pay for that because I can't do it myself for what, because I don't happen to have a car because I haven't been able to reach far enough into my pocket to buy a car. In Trenton, 70% of the households have one or fewer cars. If you look on a people basis, over 50% of the people don't have access to a car to get around. So what do they have to do? They have a choice. They can walk or they can wait for a bus. Now, New Jersey Transit is the best statewide transit system in the country. But boy, you know, if I live in Trenton, sure, if I have a good state job, I can get the the state offices. But if I don't have a good state job, hey, maybe I have a job sweeping the floors. Great. But boy, if I have to go somewhere else, plus I need a PhD in, 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 in schedule reading to be able to figure out when the schedule is. That's just, never mind, just an aside. So we're talking about Trenton and we're talking about places like Trenton and you're talking about going way beyond now, finally, the talking stage, the paper pushing stage to make this real. Absolutely. And what we felt that we needed uh, or what, you know, maybe it's because we watched, you know, what happened in Queens and New York City you know, when, when all the people at the top decided that, hey, this is a good place for the second headquarters of, of, um, of Amazon. And when it was announced, I guess 
I, I guess they forgot to talk about the people that live there and the people said, what? And of course it vaporized. So we always, we've been thinking that what we need is we need a welcoming environment in New Jersey that don't only include the people at the top, but also the grassroots, the neighborhoods, the, the customers, the people, hey, you know, the, the, in Queens, they, I, I guess they didn't talk about the people that might actually work in the buildings that they're in the, in the second headquarters or that lived in the neighborhood, the neighborhood. And if we're really going to do this, we have to have a place to get started. Sure, we can look at the long run, you know, serving mobility for everybody in New Jersey, da, 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 da. But to get there, we have to start and we have to be at least feasible, not necessarily optimal in the whole evolution to that. Otherwise, guess what? It's bankruptcy. So to get started, the best place we think is right here in the capital of New Jersey. And I guess we now have the governor on board. We have the mayor on board. We have the commissioner of transportation on board. And we have a number of the people, the grassroots. We, we're talking to them in the grassroots that say, hey, this might be a re re reasonable idea. And so basically the launching of all this, of all this, now that we have, I think, our act together here in New Jersey, a welcoming environment so that it's not a complete quagmire when the LIDARs show up here, okay, that provide not, we don't even say in our title that this has anything to do with automation or LIDARs or high definition maps or any of that stuff or deep learning or any. We're talking about mobility. We're talking about the output of this, the value proposition of this, not the investor proposition, the proposition of the value of this. And that's what the focus is going to be. All right. So we need the people, we need the, the, the politicians and the leaders and the technologists and so on. And we'll, we'll deal with that piece of it on Thursday at, you know, New Jersey uh, Department of Transportation headquarters on, on, I mean, on Friday, but on Saturday, we're going to be in Trenton at City Hall, in tents outside of City Hall, and we want the people to come there to talk about what are their mobility needs, desires, what do they want, what would most improve their quality of life. Not what I think would most improve their quality of life, what, what they would think their most would improve their quality of life. Because we're at the beginning here. We, you know, think of ADA, you know, ADA, you can deal with ADA if you're building in a new building, it's trivial. Okay. If you're retrofitting a, 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 a subway stop that was built 100 years ago in New York City, oh my goodness. <sighs> So we're at the beginning. We can we can craft this for the, to to maximize the benefit to them, and we want to do it in a very constrained operational design domain of Trenton first. Fifty kiosks, origin to de destination, service between them on demand at a D. Twelve hours, seven days a week, three hundred and fifty days plus a year. 
not 365.25. If there's deep snow, wait until we shovel. If there's heavy rain like we had, you know, not too long ago, wait until the rain stops. I mean, in San Francisco, really, do you want to run one of these things when the fog really rolls in? People are going to die. Stay home. Have another cup of coffee. Okay? We're not trying to solve the absolute. We're trying to get the bulks. Where, that's, where the, that's where the real benefit to people is going to be. And we finally, I, I guess, want to bring sanity to the deployment of these things so that we can begin to deliver the societal values that I think all this investment has been targeted towards. Hopefully, it's not just a flip. It's not just putting lipstick on a pig and push it out. This is to create something that actually delivers fundamental value to people. And who should we be focusing on? The people for which already have a lot, and geez, we're not even sure we can get up to compete with them on an even platform. Or people that, my goodness, where have we left them with the systems that we've made available to them while we're up here? Only macro, we might be able to bring them up to here. Who's going to appreciate us more? These folks or these folks? To me, that's where a business proposition is for this. And I guess this is what we're going to be seeing. Can we attract it? We're going to be looking toward creating public-private partnerships out of this. As, Very as, as, as the governor's staff has put it, you know, New Jersey's willing to, to put up its fair share of this thing. We can't pay for the development of, of all the technology and all that stuff. We can't. We don't have the, po- the deep pockets that the investment community has, but that those deep pockets have been put in there to be able to, to scale. We've got our little one to start with. And then we think that proving it here will allow it to grow and allow it to come to Princeton where people can't afford it and we'll pay for it. And come here, but we want to make sure that it is equitable. The equity piece is important, and that's why the public has to be involved with the private sector. Please don't come here and do an Uber honest lawyer up, okay? Because we're going to do everything to keep you out of here, okay? But if you come in and you work with us on this public-private partnership to make sure we can do the equity piece, because because. Really, we haven't done that good of a job on it so far. Okay? We've left a lot of people behind. And we really want to do that. And we can. And we're willing to pitch in to help. And then give you access to all the others. And go to town and you'll be a great business. And everybody will be happy. But it's going to require that partnership. The summit is the beginning of that. Very exciting. And there's more info available at uh, smartdrivingcar.com. And there will be as we get closer and closer again, November 18th is when this all gets right. We're, 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 you know, this is a work in progress. We, the governor has a good lead in the reelection. We believe he's going to be reelected. It's going to give us four year runway to make sure this thing starts 
gets going and gets into viral growth. That is an enormous opportunity that we have here in New Jersey, because I think we finally brought, brought the team together with a welcoming environment right here in New Jersey. So if anybody out there really wants to do this, not to flip it, but actually wants to develop and do this, this, this provide this equitable, affordable, high quality, safe mobility to Trenton, Mercer County, replicate it throughout the, please come. We have a couple of other headlines to, to touch on briefly. Uh, Woven Planet Holdings, a subsidiary of Toyota, has acquired Renovo Motors, a startup that makes operating systems for autonomous vehicles. Toyota, I guess, trying yeah. to play some catch up. Well, everybody, know. everybody, hey, everybody's about the intelligence is going to be in the vehicles, I guess. Everybody thinks that at some point in time, you know, I shouldn't be driving it, you know, the computer should be driving it, probably. Of course, if you look at it, as I've just said, we think this is how to make it affordable. And then how to, and, and, and it's that affordability that ends up making it equitable because it provides accessibility to folks who, I mean, it, it's not pretty. And, and, you know, you would hope that, 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 that Uber and Lyft would be there, but Uber and Lyft, my goodness, I mean, now that, you know, the prices have gone up. Why? Because the people who are driving Uber and Lyft decide, hey, I deserve to be paid. I deserve to earn a, a living. I deserve to be able to feed my family. And they do. But all of a sudden, who, you know, the, the number of folks that can afford that, I can afford it. But, you know. The, the discussion about driverless technology, driverless cars, hasn't really focused on the on the issue which we're trying to address in Trenton and, and other places like Trenton. Uh, I also don't think that there's been very much written about the the reasons why we're trying to do this. And it's like Alan has been, been explaining or, or talking about this. But if, if, you know, if I were listening to this and said, well, what's what, really what's the problem? You know, they can take a bus or, or they can they what, what are we trying? What's this issue about poor people? I mean, if they can't afford a car then, uh, you know, maybe there, there should be some sh social problems, just give them the money and maybe they can buy a car. And in fact, there are a lot, there are in the United States, over 150 organizations doing exactly that, providing money for people to buy a car or helping them to get a loan to buy a car in order for them to get to work. You know, the issue is there are a tremendous number of people, too many people, in the United States and in many other countries, democratic countries in Europe and, and uh, other, you know, basically Europe, South America, Africa, North America, where people cannot get to work. So what we're trying to do here, then it's sort of back up and put, put, the, put the theory in place. What is it that has cause this situation to occur where 80% of the trips that people make are by car. It isn't because they, they, it's like 
oh, we really want to take a car. We really want to buy a car. We really want to be able to drive a car. No, it's because the car has provided the means to accommodate themselves inside of a society that we've created basically since after World War II, where the car has become a necessity. It's not, it's not a nice to have anymore. And if, if you're in a position where you can't afford that necessity, you're at a disadvantage. And part of the reason why the cars have been have become so expensive, in fact, they're they're twice as expensive as they would have been without adding all of the features that have made them safer, more fuel efficient, and more comfortable for the for the people who are driving them. A car today in in 1975 money should cost around twenty three around twenty thousand. But the average price of a car today in the United States is 44,000. The difference between that 20, 20 to 25,000 and 40, 40 to 45,000 is all we've done and all we've added to make the car safer, more fuel efficient, and to a certain degree more comfortable. We've reduced the number of deaths in this period of time from 20, 55,000 per year to 35, it's gone up a little bit, but 35,000 per year. Those 20,000 people per year who don't die in, ac- in, in accidents in the, in the United States is the result of everything that we've done to make the cars better, safer. Okay, yes, we have more laws, but, but they're not necessarily enforced that much, including al- people driving uh, under the influence of, of, of alcohol. So what we're trying to do is, is to take this a technology which has the potential of re, tr- reducing the cost of having a driver in a vehicle to the point where a ride, mobility, we're talking about a ride. We're not talking about owning a car, or driving a car. We're talking about a ride. I need to get from point A to point B. How do I get there? If there's no bus and I, it's too far to walk, I'm, I'm SOL. I mean, I need to be able to get to work in order to feed my family. And if, if I can't do that because of all of these other reasons, I'm at a disadvantage. We can put driverless technology to work to do this piece that we're currently not addressing. I mean, we're not making cars that are so cheap that they can be afforded by anyone. We're not providing the incentives. We're, we're, we're talking now about providing $12,500 per car for someone to be able to drive to 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 buy an electric car this is twelve thousand five hundred dollars we're giving to our to people who who can afford a hundred thousand dollar car like a tesla x or a or a eighty thousand dollar car why are we giving twelve thousand five hundred dollars to somebody who who needs to get a ride to, to in order to go to work so that they can buy a secondhand whatever honda or or toyota why don't we do that instead you know, we're, we're trying to save the environment, but, we, you know, the people who need, <laughs> people are going to be living in the environment need to be able to, to afford to go to work, to get a job in, in order to continue living in it. We've got our, our, our priorities messed up a bit here, but I think we can focus on something and, and this is something we can do. There's many things we can do, but this is something that we can do where we can put the technology that's being developed People are putting money, investing in this for whatever reasons they, they are, but we can, we can solve this particular problem and do something very positive for a great number of people by providing a ride 
for those people who really need to have that ride. And driverless technology is, is a way we think that can do this. And, and by the, with the, the Trenton proof of concept that, that we can develop, we can not only show it, but we can prove it and then go from there. Right. And, 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 and in a sense, when we do that, guess what? It can work for rich people, too, who can pay for it, pay, pay you know, whatever more for it than, than what it costs to provide and allow an operator to be profitable. Oh, my goodness. This is I mean, what is the business model that people have been thinking about with all this technology? Yes, there is one business model. This is, as I've been we've said since the beginning, this is fins and 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 chrome for a car, you know, so it's easier to sell in 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 the in in the showroom. Okay. But that one, you know, nobody's gonna do all the extra work that I have to be there responsible overseeing. Okay, that's as far as that model goes. Okay, but if we take it farther, such that it actually does work and actually actually does drive and it actually does drive safely, then we can do this. And there's that's the enormous business model. All of a sudden, now you're providing rides, and if you provide rides at I don't know what twenty five cents a, a a person mile, you can. I mean, I go mine sacks would would go wild over this i mean there's a business model here i mean this is what adam jonas was saying who knows how many whatever years ago and so on you know there's money in the rides business he called it 10 trillion a year in, around around the world not whether it's 10 trillion or whatever doesn't that what if it's one trillion <sighs> don't you want a piece of that and and here Trenton is a place for the thing to really get started, where it's it's not going to be a carnival thing. It's not going to be only the people who want to tweet out, hey, I rode in a, in a, in a driverless car today or something like that. I mean, how many rides do they take? They take, you know, one and then they're gone. We want, you know, this is something that would end up being part of the fabric of living in Trenton. And we think that it, it will prove the quality of life of Trenton. And once and 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 guess what? Those of us that live here in Princeton, we're gonna look down at Trenton and say, Oh my goodness, why don't we have this here? Please come here. That's viral growth. That's well, there, to do it. There there are a few more people in Trenton who need this <clears throat> than there are in Princeton, but it doesn't mean that there aren't enough people in Princeton and Scarsdale. Um, anywhere that need it, and guess what? Some of those well. of those of us that 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 don't need it will say, well, "Why am I driving?" You know, I've bought all these cars to put them on my mantle. Let me just put them on my mantle. I don't even need to drive them. You know, I'll go use this. Then I have to pay for parking in Princeton. And I have to figure out what to do and hit the right button on the on the on the on the on the meter that I can't figure out. And then I get a, a fifty dollar ticket for for parking. I mean, I don't need that garbage. I take an elevator. It takes me up to the fourteenth floor. I get out. I I forget about it. I'm in Brooklyn. I forget about it. Well, Why not? Is- 
this is what the summit's all about, the fifth annual <laughs> yes, summit. This is what it's all about. <laughs> yes. And remember, it's the, the 18th of November coming up pretty soon. You know, this isn't just just hype and bull. We do have we do have we do have the welcoming environment in Trenton. We've we've all been working on trying to create it. It is it is really here. We have a very small window of opportunity to take advantage of it. Uh, we, 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 we have the governor's office, we have the mayor, we have the commissioner of transportation, we have the people, we have all the lots of folks in between and so on. Um, we may be in the best welcoming position of any place in the country. We're as good as Arizona and we have a marketplace. We're probably better than California we're Florida, probably better, absolutely better, because we don't have, you know, we have the governor, and so on. So in a sense, you know, the industry, hey, they may choose, we only need one. There are a bunch of them out there. Okay, some of us will look at us and say, ha, New Jersey has too much snow, it has too much whatever, it has too many Sandys, too many Ida's, too many whatever's, who knows, whatever, fine, don't come. All we need is one. Like to have more. We'll see what happens. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, thank you again for for taking the time with us. And uh, the Dispatcher, another great addition. The website is michaellsenna.com. People can find it there. And congratulations, too, on, on all the work that you're doing when it comes to the summit. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Hey, thanks. And let's, uh, we're going to make it happen. I'm, yep. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thanks to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. And more info is available at MOTOETF.com. You can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, wherever you turn to for podcasts. And your smart speaker can play us too. You can find my tech reports at Textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe.